Uh, we are joined by the one and only Epiphany Prince, yeah. our sister, um, the heart of the city. Uh, oh, put the on city. Liberty, she just see Lady Liberty. That's Liberty, uh, one of the most humble people I know, uh, but one of the most fearless people on the court. So uh, I just want to welcome welcome everybody, Epiphany Prince, to the Commissioner Corner Podcast. How are you, sweetheart? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. So, we want to start off. Uh, we just we, we, we found out that you just resigned with the Seattle Storm, coming off uh, your first WNBA championship. Uh, I know it's I know it's huge and surreal for you. You've been around the game so long. Uh, just want to start right there in that good place with you and how you feel about resigning. Congratulations! And what was it just being a part of that WNBA championship in 2020? Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm really excited to be going back. Um, just that team. Like, I've had some big roles on a lot of teams, but for me, just being on that team was, I would say, like, my best experience in the WNBA. Just drama-free. Mm. Everybody want to win. Um, just the culture there is a winning culture, and then also, like, a family culture there, too. So I felt really <laughs> comfortable in it. Right. Compared to all the teams that you that you play for, I know we'll go into that, Chicago, overseas. Uh, is there anything different? I mean, I know you mentioned a few things that were a little bit unique. Um, can you can you share um, what it is to play with the likes of not only yourself, but what Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird and the chemistry you guys had in terms of what you guys were able to accomplish last year? Um, I think it was special just off the strength that everyone is so selfless. You know what I mean? If it's your night, everyone's cheering for you. Everyone's right. Um, like I said, like it was no drama, so that made it for me the the best the best team I've been on. Mm. Wow, the Nobody, best you heard, Debbie. <laughs> I mean, because of, like no one cared about accolades, or anything. Like everybody right. was in mind, and it was just winning. You know, being on that team, you you felt it was different from my other teams that I've been on. Facts, Debbie. Yeah, so, sis, man, we're gonna get right into it. You know what I mean? Um, we we want the people to get to know you. Um. So for me, right, I, and I was telling Joe this, um, your name, so so unique, one of a kind, Epiphany. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, is there a backstory to, to your name? Like, like you'll get, I, we, need, we need to know, like, I've never heard of no, another person named Epiphany. So I'm, I'm curious to know, like, was, um, is there a story behind your name? I mean, I don't have no, like, crazy story. I asked my mom, like, <laughs> what, what made you name me Epiphany? And she was just like, she watched the movie and it stuck with her. So she, she was oh, like, wow. yeah, I don't know. Like, even with my last name, like, it, it's not really supposed to be Prince either. My grandmother remarried and changed everyone else's name to Prince either. So like, wow. I think, like, the way it all came, like, you know, like, they, I was always told, like, my name was destined for greatness the way it came about, too. And then just mm. Prince, it just sound good. Nah, it's not good to me. It's <laughs> amazing to me. I mean, like like storyline, but um, Four Green Projects, Brooklyn, New York. Um, who who introduced you to the game of basketball, and um, who who were some of your your mentors or influences coming up? Whether um, you knew them in person or, or or you didn't know them. Like, give us give us a little bit of a backstory of like how you got introduced to the game, and when you started playing. Um, I had a lot of boy cousins. And that's just what they wanted to do, um, was go outside on a basketball court right in the neighborhood. And then growing right. up, I was always in a boys and girls club after school. And um, you guys know Zamar Nixon? Of course. Yeah, Z, of course. Z-Nick. Z-Nick. The president. His father taught me how to play basketball. Nobody really oh, wow. His dad was the one who introduced me to the game, taught me how to play basketball. 
And uh, I used to go to the Boys and Girls Club every day, wait till it was our time to get in the gym and just and practice with Fred. His name was Frederick Nixon, so he taught me how to play. Nice. So, so Piff, um, what was it, um, I mean, in your journey in finding basketball, who, besides your mentors, like, what was, a, what was the special place or meaning for you in your heart to kind of, you know, put on for New York as an early, as a, as a early young and into going to high school? I mean, what was those moments for you as a young kid playing basketball in the streets and, you know, um, getting, you know, hope, just getting a name for yourself at that point in time. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to your, your last question too. I didn't even tell you like my mentors, but like growing up in Fort Greene, like Omar Cook was was. Yeah, that's what I want you to talk about. Yeah. So like he's actually the reason why I, I went number ten. Like just to see like mm. a guard like that. Uh, it was just like being someone who didn't know how to play basketball, but fired to do it and was able to watch him. And it was just like I want to be like him, so I, I wore number ten. And then like. In my neighborhood, um, in Fort Greene, you know, we got the six buildings. That's where I'm from, um, 46 St. Edward Street. And everybody in that building, I feel like, knew how to play basketball. And the <laughs> guards could shoot everything from Raj to Thomas, Kenny, Rena, everybody. So mm. me just growing up and being able to watch them guys play and try to play with them. Sometimes they didn't let me play with them. I had to earn my respect to be able to play with them. And that so, kind of motivated me, too. As far so, as um, putting yeah. off the city though, um, just as a, uh, I'm a sore loser. So like for me, <laughs> as a kid, no matter what we were doing, I just wanted to always win. And um, in the city, I feel like I always had like a chip on my shoulder. I always had to prove something. Like a lot of people don't feel like right. I had to, but like for me, just like when I was playing with the boys, I wanted to play with Brooklyn USA. They never gave me a chance. I had to play with Brooklyn Bridge. You know, so I'm always oh. grateful for uh, Coach Green. And even like going into to high school, I wanted to sorry, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> going into high school, I I played CYO with St. Anne's. And so okay. they instilled in me like all the time what being able to go to Christ the King. So I wanted to go to Christ the King and it didn't really work out. And I went to Bertram, you understand? So like I felt like I was always having to prove, you know, people wrong, even if it was just only like something that people didn't know and it was only for myself i just felt like i had to do it so before you embarked in your incredible career at mary bertram was there any school or any other situation that you might have went to before mary bertram before was, that came before that became your home it was just christ the king but um my uncle mooney i always say he's like my biggest fan right so uh, he uh he didn't want me to play freshman or JV as a freshman. Mm. And, and Christ the mm. King knows the rules. You know what I mean? So I was okay with it. But for him, he wasn't okay with it. He he found an exception. He found out <laughs> the whole school didn't play JV <laughs> as, as a freshman. She played varsity. So that's how I ended up at, at Bertram. It was out of those two. And I think me being able to play varsity as a freshman at Bertram is what kind of put me over there. And is it safe to say that Christ the King was an option because your idol was went there too in terms right. of Omar Cook? Um, yeah, you could say or that just too, but like just like I think just being the CYO and playing for St. Anne's and um, you know, Coach June, he was always like telling us like that's the best team in the city. So I wanted to go to the best team in the city, you know what I mean? No doubt. Yeah, B. Amazing, amazing. So we we're gonna get right to it, sis. Um two days ago, fifteen years later. You know, you dropped 113 points. 
You know what I'm saying? Single game record, most points record broken by. You broke Cheryl Miller's record. Um, I mean, when they say goats are the goats, that that's why I put you um, as the goats of all goats of New York City and um, okay. and, and of women's basketball. Please, please, please tell us, man. Like that that day, man. How was you feeling? You know, how did you wake up? You know, was there something that motivated you to go out there and score 113 points? Did you know in a, in a warm-up, like, you felt like it was going to be one of them special days? Give us the story of, like, how in your mindset that you went in and, and did something so historical like that. Um. <laughs> Don't hold back. This is it no, right here. We need to you guys, right here. you guys know how the PSL was for us back right. then. So, like, because um, it's crazy to me, like, I would get criticized for not playing like the whole game and yeah, playing because of the competition. But I thought that was showing good sportsmanship. We already won by fifty. We don't need. I don't need to be in there. Right? <laughs> so um, I used to get criticized saying that I'm playing down to my competition and blah mm -hmm. blah blah. So uh, one day Apache called me and he was like, "Kobe scored eighty one points. You got to score eighty one points." Mm. Mm. There so it goes. I, mm. I was just like, "Okay, cool." So I, I went out and I don't know, like, I don't want to say like it was a special day and thing because I don't know, like, honestly, I feel like if he would have told me to do it on a different day, I, I probably could have did it. Maybe Tough. it wasn't, it's just that that day it was just super efficient. Maybe it wouldn't have been that efficient, but I feel like I was capable of doing it on a different day too. But um, he, he told me I had to do it and my high school coach and my high school players, they were okay with it. So I went for it. And um, by the time I got 81, I think it was in the third quarter. So I was, like, I was like, I'm gonna get 83, get more than Kobe, and then start getting my assists so people don't say anything. Right. I like three or four assists, and everybody started yelling at me, like, What are you doing? We're going for this right now. <laughs> so I just I just kept shooting, and um, I was able to get, uh, the crazy part is too, like, I really have 116, but somebody was in three seconds when I shot a three, so they waved it off. Wow. <laughs> Damn, but, that's hate. So like, to me, like, she went 54 for 60. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. On one, one free throw four, and only four threes. Jeez. Shit. Yeah, Man, that'll take me like 10 years to score that many points. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could do that in one game. Oh, man. Well, listen, first of all, God rest his soul to Apache. Uh, we yep. all know what he means to New York City. We all know what he means to Exodus. And what we, know, we all know what he does for AU. So, uh, I know how much he means to you, so I want to make sure I, I give that that homage and that respect to him because he's done a lot for NYC basketball behind closed doors for people like yourself, and he also impacted me for the short amount of time I got to know him. So I just wanted to just give that shout out to him and, and respect that platform. So salute to Apache on that. Yeah, B. So um, we just after the game, how 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 was it? How did you feel after the game? Obviously, and um. And the next day, was it, was it, I mean, you, you, you said it here, you felt like you could have did it any day, but um, how did you feel like, you know, after, you know, breaking a record and I'm sure it was all over the papers, it was all over the TV. Um, how, how did you feel? Like, how, how was that moment for you? And how did you kind of, um, how was you able to kind of, you know, deal with all of the different emotions that probably were going through your, your mind um, on a national scale um, after breaking that record? Yeah, so like honestly, 
I didn't really realize what I had just done. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like right after it was, I think Rutgers was playing St. John's, I think. And really? we went to the game. And um, I think by that time, Coach Lincoln knew what I was doing, the team knew what I, was, what I did. So hmm. they were talking to me about it. But like, I think I was really just normal. It didn't really hit me until the next day. Right. Like, all of the, it was like a national story. And um, I feel like it was more negative than positive. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's when it, that's when it really hit me. But I started having to defend myself. You know, that's when I knew like, like you can't please people. I'm playing right. downtown competition. They're going to say something. I, I'm killing my competition. They're going to say something. So right. I think that's when I learned that part too. Like learned early, like you can't please people, but also it was pretty cool to me too, because you know, like Lisa Leslie, Scored 101 points in uh, one half. Mm, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, and the team said they wasn't gonna come back on the court, and she's back on the court. So they ended up not playing in the second half. But wow. for me, it was cool to me that she reached out to me to uh, talk to me about um, handling all the negative press and just being excited mm -hmm. and oh. being happy for what I did because what I did was special. So, you know, shout outs to her for doing that. Big time, big time. And um, I mean, you touched on Vivian Stringer. Um, I mean, your high school accolades were phenomenal. McDonald's All-American, WBCA, city championships. Um, what, what were some of the things that pushed you to uh, to go to Rutgers University and play for a Hall of Fame coach and Vivian Stringer? Like, And what were some of the other schools that you had on your list that you thought maybe if you didn't go to Rutgers that that was probably the next school you would have went to? Uh, I mean, that the last part of your question is kind of hard to, to answer because – I had a lot of schools, but I committed as a sophomore. Oh, wow. Yeah, I committed as a sophomore. I didn't even get to go on like official visits. I only did one official visit to Rutgers because I committed so early. Mm -hmm. And just like for me, the family atmosphere um, to play for a Hall of Fame coach to learn from her, I felt like she was going to be able to, uh, what is it, uh, prepare me for the next level. Yeah. Um, then to be able to play like to me with Matia Ajavon and Essence Carson, and then I knew mm. Kia would be going there too, and just try to uh, do something that hasn't been done before. And I was to try to win a national championship there, and then to also um, it was it wasn't too far from home, but right. it was close right. enough that if you know I'm feeling homesick or if I needed to get home, I could, you know. So right, things played a big factor in it. Dope, dope. Take home, Joe. B. So do you know that? Epiphany just told me that she had scored over 100 points and that they had a negative thing to say about her, right? right? I just want to take a step back because I would imagine how Epiphany would do in the social media world. Right. I, she scored over 100 points in a non-social media era. And imagine that happened to be in the social media era. It would have been, it would have been chaos, right? So, chaos. You know, like just... Yeah, followers, all that. Man, you, you know what I'm Corey was talking about that before. Corey Fisher. Like, oh, yeah, CEO, yeah. Was, when we was growing up, it'd been crazy. Yeah, crazy. it, it would have been a whole different narrative, right? If we had these accolades heading into this era where social media dictates everything, I mean, from you to Cappy to Jordan's, it would have been a whole different social media platform. So, I, I just find it weird that we're living in this stage and we're yeah, we're even history, with Sebastian, even with Sebastian. right, even with right. That's facts. That's a fact. That's a fact, sis. Um. So you said you committed as a sophomore. Um, and you said that you did it because family atmosphere and, and she was culture. the best thing for you, culture. Uh, you left in your third year, correct? Mm. Yes. 
and then you went to overseas and like nobody really knows you're like uh American and Russian citizenship, correct? And you had a job overseas and you were no doing your thing. Like what is it like to like not only play for a high level college and play for one of the best coaches ever, but playing overseas and playing the American game, but also overseas game. Can you share some light on the differences for you in, in terms of your experience on that level? Um, I think like playing overseas is it's just different, like way more physical than than it was in college. And um, you, you're playing against pros, right? So I left early because I had the opportunity to get the passport. But yep. at the same time, I had uh, it was going to be like a comfortable environment for me. Whereas Pokey Chapman was the head coach. She was American. Nice. Um, Diane Tarasi, Sue Bird, Lauren mm. Jackson. Um, Sylvia yeah. Fowles, Janelle McCarville, those were the Americans I got to play with, right? So coming out of college, too, I get to learn from some of the greats. Right. Tarasi to me is is the goat. So I'm coming out of college and I get to go and learn from her, learn from Sue. So to me, it was like a no a no brainer. And Amazing. then um, in twenty in twenty ten, you get drafted in the first round, four pick to the Chicago Sky. Um. Everybody dreams about draft night and getting yep. drafted. I know you did. Um, and being from the city, how how monumental was this for you in your lifelong dream? And what was that night or that experience for you, uh, if you can remember it so well? Um, it was to me. It was it was everything that I thought it would be. Um, just because you know you work so hard to get to that to that point, and um, you, you finally accomplished it. Um, right. That night, I was in Turkey. When I got drafted, and um, I was just with my teammates from over there, and we were just watching it. We was excited about the situation. I was excited because I had also built a relationship with Seal while I was in Russia. So I, I had some friendly faces that I was going to go over there and play with and, mm. and try to compete and win, you know? Correct. And you play with uh, Sylvia Fowles when you got drafted, right? Yeah. It was Sylvia Fowles, yeah. So uh, I'll get into that in a second. Get BG, I'm sorry. No, nah, that's, that's amazing, sis. I mean, like I said again, um, just coming from Brooklyn for Four Green Projects, I, I know that that meant so much to you to uh, to be drafted and um, to set the bar high, um, you know, for for for, for young women athletes. Um, talk to us a little bit about 2011 and 2013, where you made the All Star Game. Um, give, give us a little bit of um, of uh, history on experience playing in the All Star Game. All-Star Weekend in WNBA, and uh, just being around so many great uh, athletes and uh, future Hall of Famers and, and just so much phenomenal talent. Talk to us a little bit about those two years for you. Um, I think that when you make the All-Star, the All-Star game, it's always, you know, a fun experience. Um, all your hard work that you put in prior to the season and during the season um, is showed and you got rewarded for it. But it's just a weekend for us to just hang around each other, yep. have fun, get to know each other. And then, you know, when that game time come on, you know, at the end of the weekend, just go out there, have fun, and try to put on a show for the fans. Nice, nice. And um, what's crazy is um, February 16th, um, 2015, almost six years ago, um, you got traded from the, from the sky and came back home to New York. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you felt um, coming back home, playing in front of your hometown, probably playing in front of so many friends and family, um, and being able to set a legacy not not only for for yourself, 
but to leave a legacy um, for yourself in New York. Talk to us a little bit about playing for the Liberty and, um, and, and, and how we also want to know, was it a little bit stressful, you know, playing in your hometown with, with, you know, having to deal with so much things with family and different things like that. Give, give us a little bit of, of that also. Um, for me, I think I was kind of relieved, like, because like in the beginning of that season, uh, right before that season, I had took some time more from the sky. Okay. I, I needed like a mental break. Like people don't understand like playing yeah. around and never being able to be home and, and see your family. Right. It takes a toll on you. So um, I spoke to my agent and I was just like, I don't know if I could keep playing year round. Right. So when that trade came in, I was I was really like, you know, understand? Like I was so relieved and so happy to be able to go back home. And I was happy that Chicago like, you know, allowed that to happen and, and did the trade. Um, and as far as it being stressful, I, I wouldn't say it was stressful for me because I don't know, you know me, so I'm not so like, accessible to everybody. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like, you know, I'm not like, I'm just, That's like, right. Hey, I'm to myself. When I see you, it's all love and all that, but like, I'm not gonna let you stress me out. Like, as far as like tickets came, I didn't care about that. Like, I will always, uh, try to get everybody as many tickets as they needed. But if you try to hit me on the game day, you just got ignored. It was just that. <laughs> Everybody right, like, right. Just me out about that. So to me, my time in New York, I had a, I had a lot of fun playing at home, being able to play in front of my family. My grandmother was able to come to the yeah. game. Every game, I feel like it was the Exodus team there. We throwing up yeah. to each other. So, you know, for me, it was just, it was awesome to be back home. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, Joe. So I want to jump a, li uh, a little ahead. So um, I know we were talking about li the Liberty. I want to go to your feeling about the bubble experience of playing the bubble. Uh, you had the opportunity playing the bubble this year with the COVID and everything changing. Uh, what was your thought about the idea initially? Uh, and also how how all manifested and how, and how it all came about? What do you feel about the bubble, uh, good, bad, or indifferent? Nice. Um. By the time we figured out we was going to play in the bubble, I think at that time I was just ready to play. I didn't care. We was <laughs> <laughs> had stopped early. I was sitting at home, bored, yeah. uh, <laughs> trying to figure out ways to work out, order a Peloton, order a assault bike. Like, it just wasn't the same. You know what I mean? So right. I'm excited to be able to go. Um, as far as, like, the good, the bad. <laughs> so so I, I'll ask you this. How... Was it difficult to focus, or was it how, how was the the regimen? How was the, right. the daily routines? Because you know, people I know I, I heard LeBron say it's like ninety six days, and he'll never forget the ninety six days he was in the bubble. How many days did you need? Like that kind of experience, I want to share with um, the fans. I think just the hard part was like playing every other day. Right, um, right. That was um, kind of tough, just on the body. But I think like with my team, we did a good job of like keeping everyone healthy and. Um, keeping us ready for the games. And I mean, the thing that I would change is I feel like your guests should be able to come whenever they want, as long as they quarantine. And yeah. But for right. us, they only gave us like two dates, like right in the beginning of the season and yeah. right before the playoffs. But mm. I just, as long as they pass the test and they quarantine and all that and, you know, like pass all the protocols, like the safety protocols, they should be able to come whenever they want. And and I don't want to sound nosy, but how many times did they test you over there? I heard it was like a really diligent oh, process to get tested. We got tested every, every day. day. 
every day. Every day. Mm, mm, mm. And for mental, you being a, a New Yorker and playing in front of thousand fans, how was it playing with pretty much no fans? I mean, fans that you're used to playing in front of. How many? How was that for your psyche and your mental? Uh, it didn't really bother me much. Like I was talking a story about that. Like I think because like we so competitive and we just want to win. We didn't care who was watching and who wasn't watching. We just wanted to, you know, we just wanted to play. Like of course you. You want to be able to play in front of your fans, but at the same time, you just got to go out there and do your job. But for me, like, I know, like, playing against Seattle all those years, I was kind of excited to be able to witness them chant for me this time. But <laughs> <laughs> Right. That's for, sure. That's for sure. So anybody that just tuned in, uh, we're live with the GOAT Epiphany yes. Prince from the Seattle Storm. Yeah. Uh, please, anybody that's tapped in, please uh, subscribe to our YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple. Uh, streaming outlets for the Cruise Control Cruise Control Podcast Network, and look for the Commission Corner Podcast and all the podcasts we have on that platform. BG, take it away. Next question. Yes, yes. So Piff, um, just just staying on subject with the bubble, right? Um, you you are a part of history. Um, you know, doing so something so uh, unique. I feel like the WNBA was was huge with social justice and um, putting a platform and putting everybody on notice about the different things that were happening um, in, in our country um, and, 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 and definitely in a pandemic. Um, talk to us a little bit about um, what it felt to you to be on the front line of, um, of standing for uh, social injustice and, um, and being able to um, let everybody know that you guys were playing for that pretty much. Um, talk to us a little bit about that experience and um, what it meant to you um, to be on that side. Uh, it was huge, especially during the time that we were, we were in, to be able mm -hmm. to to go out there and represent uh, Breonna Taylor, but not only her, like all of the other victims of social injustice. It was it was big, and for me personally, I I felt like it was it, it made it easier for someone who's quiet and soft spoken, like and reserved, like myself, to be able to use my voice and my platform as a collective. So for me, I was excited about everything that we did. And um, yeah, I want to say, I want to ask, also add, uh, I know the WNBA had a lot of campaigns regarding social injustice and just having the NBA um, kind of have this WNBA, NBA schedules at the same time. Did you feel the NBA kind of helped the WNBA in terms of the visibility or kind of getting more support for the WNBA? Uh, during this time of not only COVID, but in time of the social injustice and what we did in the bubble. Yeah, and I think this is like overall, like our male counterparts, they always show us love and always, you know, support us in whatever we do, whether it's watching our games, coming to our games, or, or standing up for social justice. So I don't know. I just think overall they always had our backs. Well, I wore the hoodie today because I knew you were coming on. So I wanted to let you know. I was, was going to ask you about that. <laughs> I ordered online. I ain't know nobody, but I, I caught my own. But um, I listen. What what you ladies did and what those gentlemen phenomenal. did during that time was phenomenal. And I think that it, it it created a lot of awareness, not only for the game of basketball, but for our black and brown community. And on top of that, the messaging the messaging together about unity and being together for having two separate entities come together was just so beautiful. And like players like you and. LeBron and so on and so forth were able to kind of send that message and also switch the election in Atlanta. Yeah. That's how deep it was, right? So uh, shout out to the WNBA in terms of that messaging and, and just that. But uh, I'm so proud of you and so mm -hmm. proud of the athletes that really put that on stage because you know what we all went through in 2020. 
I mean, it was just the right time to do that. So I just want to commend you and give you a, Thank you know, pay homage to you on that. Um, yeah, big, big homage, big homage, man. So with that being said, I know a little birdie told me that you're a major big time Kobe fan. And I know that we just, you know, we just embarked on this one year anniversary. Um, I know you have many encounters with him. I know you, you are a shoe fanatic. You're a Kobe best man. Kobe selection, best Kobe collection. Yes. We're going to get to that. And you're definitely mama mentality. Can you shed some light on your experience, your, um, you know, just overall experience with Kobe and what he meant to you and what he meant to the game, but also how he impacted you? Um, I think just like you said, his mama mentality, just not giving a fuck, Greg. You know, can I curse? <laughs> you can curse it. Yeah, you can curse it. <laughs> not caring. I mean, um, and it, that kind of helped me because I was always worried about wanting to be liked. And yeah. I mean, my, my favorite player, he didn't care about that. He just cared about winning and doing his job. And I think I learned a lot of that, a lot from him in that aspect of it. And also, um, just like his work ethic is just, he was just different, you know what I mean? And then you have the, the fact that he loved women's basketball and he supported us in so many ways, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just thank you for him because he made it cool. I feel like he made it cool for men yeah. to kind of like support us and enjoy watching us. Oh. And and did, and then how do you, I mean, um, the sneakers, um, what is it about the sneaker? What is it? Why you wear it? Why you fought? Why you're such a sneaker fan for that particular shoe? Can you shed some light on that too? Uh, I think it was I was in Chicago when I first started wearing them, and it was just so light, you know. And I've <laughs> never been the quickest or fastest person, so I used to wear those, and just, I, think I was moving quicker. And then, you know, which ones though? Piff? Which ones though, Piff? Which which Kobe's in particular? You speaking about? I think it was the fives. I, I like the nines. I like the nines. The high top that Darren Fox was now. Yeah, I love those. I got those, but I never played in them. Yeah, those, oh. those might be the heaviest Kobe's. But and you I think started so? like low tops, like yeah, yeah. Low he made low tops cool for sure. Yeah, yeah, low tops was cool for Kobe. Kobe was that. Yeah, I a high top shoe. I roll my ankle. It's weird. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but crazy? They, they were so light and then the colorways and then uh nike was making me some dope pe's without colorways so i just got stuck with his shoes and i just love them amazing she just she just, she just you know front on us real quick on rapid, rapid fire we gonna we gonna we got some stuff for her to rap the piece she was really front on us it's cool <laughs> um i want to stay on quickly on and again i don't want to be too personal but i want to ask a question uh, WNBA pay sponsor the partnership of companies that are getting involved with your with your league. Uh, how can how can those situations make the make the the make the league grow? And in in your opinion, are these valuable partnerships? And how do you feel that that WNBA is going in that direction? Is it is it um powerful, impactful for the ladies itself? I think it's great. You think about it. Um, what was it? Ten, uh, maybe eleven years ago, when I or twelve years ago, whatever it is, when I first came into the league, mm -hmm. and to see where it is now with all the sponsors, mm -hmm. like we just right. signed new CBA where people are able to get, uh, you know, two times the money that we were getting before. You know what I mean? So um, I think as we continue to get more sponsorships and more okay. coverage, then we'll continue to get paid more and get what I feel we deserve. That's that was my question. I wanted to see if if that trajectory of salary is in, in, increasing for you ladies to get what you ladies deserve. So I, I wanted mean, to ask that. Me, we're real, we're real, 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 real far from it. But 
to be able to, it's, it's a slow process, right? It's a pro, it's right. progression and that's right. what going and to keep trying and um, it won't be for us, but we open the doors for the next you know, generation right. now to be able to get paid what we deserve to get paid. That's what matters. Okay. And do you, I know you're a college basketball fan in terms of watching college basketball. And if you are, who should be, who should we be aware of? Uh, heading out in these, in, in these upcoming I don't, I don't really watch college basketball. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So, um, BJ, I think it's time for rapid fire. You, you think? Yeah, it's time for rapid fire. But I got, I got, I got two more personal questions. No, you do that. That's fine. But two I'm gonna change rapid fire to the corner. So we're gonna put oh, her in the corner. corner. Yeah, we're we put, put her deep in the corner. Deep yeah, in the corner. Yeah. But um, okay. now I got two questions for her. We're gonna go right into it. Um, my first question is um six seven, um born and raised. You know, I, I know that means a lot to you. Um, talk to us a little bit again about growing up in Fort Greene, um, about what those roots mean to you, and not only one but two pros yourself, Taj Gibson, um, who I know you're very very close to, who's a great brother man. Um, you guys do so much in the community. Um, you guys do so much about giving back. Um, I know for sure personally that that you. Um, make sure that all the kids, um, every year when they go back to school, um, they get something. Talk us a little bit about your relationship, A, with Taj. Um, again, being from 6-7, from Fort Greene, um, what those roots mean to you. And C, um, why, why are you so passionate? Because um, every, every athlete isn't, right? But why are you so passionate about giving back and making sure the kids in the community and even the older ones um, have some things to look forward to going forward? Um, I just think like, I don't know. I love where I'm from. You know what I mean? Like it made me who the, it made me the person I am today. Like it, um, just going out there, everybody's just showing you love. Right. I'm just playing ball. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just feel like my community always looked out for me and in a, in a way took care of me because you know, like where we're from, Right. a lot of things could go down, but I yeah. feel like when things were going down, they made sure, like, yo, Pip, go in the house. Or, you know what I mean? Like, they took care yep. of me. So I think that's this is just my way of, of taking care of them. And I think I'm I'm really passionate about giving back because I feel like growing up, I didn't I didn't have that. You know what I mean? Right. Nobody came back and looked out for us. So, for me, it's, it just, it's just more so, like, you know, every day I, growing up there, you see, like, you might see drug dealers or you know like people doing the wrong thing so i feel right. like the kids you know they see what i saw like so 100%. i want to go back and and show them that there's other ways to you know get all these flashy things that they like or <laughs> or to make it out the hood you know what i mean so um just 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 like to go back and just um show them that there's a different way and um me and Taj be cool just like you said like we came from the same hood so we show each other love all the time. And I, I remember when Taj um, used to play and he wasn't like as good as he was, you know what I mean? So right. like, his story, I think is, is great too. It's like, don't ever give up because he didn't have it like, like all accolades, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like for him, it's good for him to go back too because of his story. It shows you like, you could be what you want as long as you keep working at it and don't give up. Amazing, amazing. And lastly, sis, um, for me, Apache Pascal, um, my big brother, um, one of my role models, um, your coach, um, somebody who played a, a, a pivotal role in, in your success um, and in your career. Um, just just talk to us a little bit about what he meant to you 
um, and um, how he influenced you in this game of basketball. And um, just give us one of your favorite moments um, with you and Pat, man. I mean, we all got some funny stories with Pat, um, but um, definitely just uh, give us a little bit of a breakdown of, of, of those things of what he meant to you and um, just, a, just a, a fond memory that you have of him. Yeah, so Patrick been trying to get me to play with him since I was in like fifth or sixth <laughs> But like, I was playing with Douglas uptown at first, you know what I mean? Okay. So I was, I was, and I'm loyal, like you know what I mean? Like something right. got to go wrong in my eyes for me to leave, and whatever happened, it happened, and I and I went to play with him. But I think what stuck out with me most is like I didn't play with him yet. I was still playing with Douglas, and he was telling me like, if you get a jump shot, you're the best player in the country. You know what mm. I mean? Like he was still looking out for me when I wasn't even his player yet. You know what I mean? Wow. So I, I I came back and I got a jump shot or whatever the case may be. So I <laughs> and I think just like he gave me like the confidence. Like everybody used to be like, you play with so much swag, but it's because my uncle Mooney and Apache, they always told me like I'm the best. Like you right. feel me? Like they would be all like they'd be joking around, like, but I hear it, so it's like their jokes kind of gave me like a, a big head but not in a bad way just like with confidence you know what I mean yeah, like right. joking like yeah. game on the line who you giving the ball to pit for joy you know what I mean like they arguing about that <laughs> crazy I'm going with joy and Mooney like I'm going with Piff but like that kind of stuff is stuck with me so hey. I just like him giving me that confidence um I was in eighth grade he let me travel and play on a high school team and I'm I'm <laughs> getting burned on it you know what I mean so like yeah I just feel like him him giving me the confidence and then just being that that male figure for me, like not to say that my dad wasn't in my life, my dad was in my life, but when I'm traveling, I, I gotta depend on him and Mooney, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they, right. yeah. they were always protecting me and, and making sure that I was good. So like I always say, like for if it wasn't for them two, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in. Amazing. Well, I can't go into rapid fire right now because I got a couple of the questions from the fans. So <laughs> yeah. Let's get to uh, it. They said, Piff, how you feel about Candace to Chicago? What is your feeling about that move and her plan for Chicago Sky? I know you're on the storm, but shed some light on Candace making that move to Chicago. And going back home, by the way, too. Going back to you see them being a contender at all? Yeah, I think they're a contender, but um, I'm happy for I know how I feel when I got to go back home and play in front of my family, so I think she'll have a lot of fun doing that. And now, now the Seattle Storm is being hunted uh, mm. as champions heading to next season. Somebody asks, "How can you explain what what was the championship celebration uh, this year for you? Like, what was it? I know it's different. What was that for you? I know it's real different, but can you share that celebration in the championship? We went back to the the hotel in the bubble. We ordered, domino. <laughs> we ordered Domino's and we and we drank some of the glass. Okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're gonna go into the corner. So, Piff, this is how we do it. We're gonna ask you random questions, and the question is gonna be rapid fire, and you're gonna ask answer them real quick. Um, and then we're gonna chop into it and get to get to know you a little more. Okay. All right. What if so, I can answer it quick? You oh, good? Then you failed. Then you, then you failed the corner. You <laughs> in the corner. Turn over. You want punishment? Um. All right, Piff. Here we go. Best hip hop, uh, rap, or R and B album for you all time. Blueprint, tough. Okay, and I ask one more. Bet. Well, I would think this. I already got this answer ready. Forget it. I, <laughs> best sneaker all time for you. Oh, well, on off the court. On oh. and off the court. 
On the court, I say Kobe six. Mm. Off the court, I got uh, Black Cement threes. Oh, man. I like that. Like that. You're like the first that we had here that didn't say Jordan once. Once everybody's a one. She like three. I love ones, but it's not my favorite shoe. Okay, cool, cool. Now I love ones. I just it don't. Yeah, I don't. It's cool. I like the cements too. And, yeah, everybody's B. Just going on yeah. a bandwagon with ones too. Let's get that straight too. People everybody started jumping on ones. Facts. I, they're just too narrow for me. I really can't really. I just they just really look good with a skinny jean, so that's why everybody likes them. Right, that's a fact. Sure. Good gene, you good. So sis, we got two. I got two. Um, who who was on your Mount Rushmore of a uh, of Rutgers University? Come on, B, come. <laughs> I go go. Um, I know, right? I gotta say it myself or I can. Um, you can. I mean, yes. We, we, I mean, yeah. Sure. I, I have you on the Mount Rushmore. I got Cappy. I got Mati. I got Essence, and I got Kia. I'm not gonna put myself. So so all right, and and I got start. Bench cut, right? So who do you start? Yourself, mm. Essence Carsons, or Cappy Point Dexter? Dang yo! <laughs> I told you she can't answer that. Look, <laughs> she's like, oh shit, Joe. That's a tough one. Oh we man, I'm starting myself. I'm <laughs> damn right. Yeah, I gotta. My girl Essence gotta get cut right. Now. Essence has got to get oh, cut. You got to get block. Oh, Essence, it's over for you. <laughs> yeah, so, Joe. Um, that was foul, bro. That it's all right. They're going to still love uh, you. <laughs> uh, favorite WNBA city to play or visit pre-COVID? Nice. Pre-COVID. New York. If everybody know me, everything's in New, New York. York. Okay. Yeah, okay. Speedy said the same thing. All right. And then your Mount Rushmore in the WNBA for you. Tough. Four. I would say Tarasi, uh, Sue, Cooper, and Spoon. Oh, nice. Mm. Nice. Teresa Weatherspoon. Nice. Yeah, that's my girl. All right, I got two questions. Um, First question, who who is the toughest player? It could be AAU, high school, college, WNBA, that you, that you had to guard. Or that was just a tough opponent for you, whether it was offensively, defensively. Who was who was like one of your toughest components or, or rivalry that you had? Mm, not really a rivalry, but like just going D. Like you know, you gotta come ready mentally, wear your mouthpiece, everything. You right though. You right. Okay, and um, last one. Who, what, what, excuse me, what is your favorite um, TV show and movie of all time? Mm, dang. <laughs> you heard it, said, damn. <laughs> she like, she like, TV, she like a lot of shows, that's why. I know, I know. And I don't know what to say right now. I guess I'll say, oh. I said, I only say Martin because, like, if I'm cleaning, I can throw that on. If I'm cooking, I can throw that on. Like, right, right, right. And What's the one gonna... show you watch now? What's the one show you watching now? Can you show that? I'm I'm playing overseas. I got a lineup. Oh, okay. A lineup. Netflix is on. Yo, I'm watching Your Honor. I'm watching this thing called yeah, Your that's Honor. Tough. That's tough. Oh, that's that's tough. I watch yeah. that every Sunday. Ah, look at you! <laughs> I treat that like power. I treat that like power. I watch it at midnight. It was right, 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 right. Late night. That's the late night show. <laughs> 
Um, I, I have a, I got a few more. So favorite player of all time that you either watch, follow, or played against? Nice. Uh, mine is, is going to be Kobe and Tarasi. No, Black Mamba and nice. the White Mamba. Oh, man. Ooh. I love that, sis. I like that. Um, I think I think she came out the corner pretty well. That was been with Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty well. So I do want to say um, being a product of New York and you know what we do in terms of our tournaments. Uh, we need to talk about streetball a little bit. So just want to get your, 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 your background on streetball. So just so that, you know, you know, BG does LES. I do hoops in the sun, 20 years, 10 years. You got girls? I'm going to do it with you. We're going to make our own league. We're going to make our own league. That's what that's, that's we here. I never played on the beach. I know. Piff used to, <laughs> I know. Yo, Piff used to do what's for filthy. Yes. Filthy. Filthy. I know that. Girls, bro? Bro, you got girls? I'm doing girls this summer. If you coming out. Girls, yeah. Right, cool. All right. Well, the thing, is, I, the thing is, I got high school girls. I need to get a, like a college girl. Yeah, it's not that many. It's not when you was playing Piff. Like, exactly, it's not so yeah. many unlimited girl teams. Like, we probably could do like a weekend thing, which I think would be cool. That'd be dope. To do like That'd a nice little event. That's what we used to do West 4th. That's how they did it. Yeah, but like to do like a full tournament, it's, it's tough. Like, it ain't that many. It's the commitment. It's the travel. And it's yeah. like but we can, you and I could talk offline. I, I definitely want to do that. I think it's necessary for my community and sure. my tournament. And um, I know BG for the same way. But uh, can you shed some light on your streetball background and where you played at and your favorite tournaments, you know, back in the day playing, hooping, any fond moment that you can share with us before we wrap up? I think I played in every tournament. Like, not mine. <laughs> you didn't have one. You didn't have one. Ah! Yeah, yeah, catch us, sis. Catch us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Black mom, I gotta gotta go. I'll yeah, we didn't. You didn't have women, but like even like growing up, uh, playing in all the tournaments in Harlem, like um, you got to some Rod Strickland. Mm-hmm. Uh, played at all the street ball tournaments. Then with Apache, we play in West Fourth Street, um, mm-hmm. Rucker. Yeah. Yeah, everything. We Uptown we, Challenge. Uptown Challenge. Everything, bro. Don't don't try to act like we were scared. We was everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> we How many chips you got? How many chips you got? Oh, they got. They probably won every tournament. Everything, right? A lot. They were cheat code. They was a cheat code. We was we was everywhere. I don't know. I love playing every like going from park to park too. Like right. at, at one, rock at five, going from yeah. park to park. Tough. Um, it's you know how it is in street ball. The crowd is there. They giving you nicknames. <laughs> you playing. I remember my first time playing at Rucker. I was just so hyped, like I just wanted to cross everybody. They calling me Shake, right? And then after that, um, yeah. they just started calling me Miss Prince, like, and and I was still in high school, but they were saying that like, I was a grown woman amongst the amongst the, <laughs> amongst them, so they called me Miss Prince. And then like in West Fourth Street, I, I used to have mad fun in West Fourth Street too. They called me the Weapon of Mass Destruction. Mm, tough. <laughs> That's tough. I like That's that. Yeah, especially like Let's you, get that on a T-shirt. <laughs> You playing inside the cage too? It's crazy. Oh yeah, that, that was buckets up close and personal. But um, sis man, piss man, um, from 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 myself to Joe to our super producer Randy, man, we just really really appreciate you taking the time um to come on our show and our platform and um just shed light on your story and um like I told them, I mean I know you show the words, you're so shy. But, yeah. Um, Almost an hour. We almost an hour. We almost. I told them we would get. I told them we would get forty five minutes of you. You know what I mean? But um, again, man, we just want to give you your flowers. 
yes. um, as you're uh, a pillar and a pioneer um, to women's basketball, not just in New York City, but um, but globally from what you did I and mean, all the accolades. We didn't even talk about some of the awards you've gotten. But um, we just want to say that um, continue to keep doing your thing. We wish you longevity in your career. Hopefully you go back to back this year um, and get that get that championship. Um, but from 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 myself, man, I, I really honor and appreciate how humble you are yes. and how meek you are and how you how you give yourself access, not full access, but you you allow yourself to be able to let people in New York City um, tap in with you. And I, I think that's huge for um, our youth because um, that's what me, Joe and Randy are about. We're about the youth and, and you're, you're big on the youth from what you do with our Jelly Fam to, mm-hmm. to all of the kids, man, that um that you help and. Uh, mentor too. So I just want to tell you that man, it's all love here. I love you, and that uh, we we be pushing, we pushing you forward, man, and continue on, continue um setting the bar very high. I think you, I think you've done a great job with every year of kind of setting the bar high, from having a dual citizenship to leaving school early. You know, 113 points. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. So we appreciate you, and and we, we got love for you here at, at the CC. Hey, Thank- hey. I, yes, I listen, BG. I, you took some of the words of my mouth, but I want to say this to you, Piff, that um, you provided so many outlets for women and for young girls to look up to you. And I admire you from afar because I didn't get a chance to really meet you in person, but I always met you from afar. So I kind of feel like you've always been close to me in some way, somehow. But I just want to let you know that I wanted to come on this show to let you know that I'm really proud of your career and what you've done and what you will continue to do. And like, like BG said, you appeal in New York and we look up to you and want to give you a flowers early and just let you know how much we appreciate you. And, you know, this, this, this show is an honor of Kobe. So we wanted to get you on it today yeah. to show that respect to you. And then, like I said earlier, I want to make sure I give my respect to Apache and the Exorcist family, uh, because what they do and, and, and allowing talent like you and other people to come out that program, it's, it's truly incredible. Um, so just wanted to let you know that I, I, I truly admire you. Uh, I want you to hopefully reach out to me so we can work together and, and do this stuff together the right way. Uh, and just let you know from me and BJ, my brother, if you need anything from us, we're just we're only one call away. It'll get done. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love y'all, man. I love nice you guys. Be well, baby. All right. All right, sweetie. Bye, sweetie. All right, BG. So, Commissioner Corner, number another 11. one. Never not, number 11. Not a field goal. Uh, it's 11. Uh, listen, let me tell you, um, she's a beautiful soul. Beautiful yes, soul. And I thank you for, you know, getting her on and allowing us to spend, spend time with us and, uh, She's truly a gem, and uh, I hope that everybody got got the opportunity, even though she's short-worded and short-winded. Um, that's who she is, and right, she, right. she's she's cut from a different fabric, and, yes, uh, and and I love her for that, and I've grown so much profound respect for her just having these 52 minutes with you and her mm-hmm. to get an opportunity to get into her life that she's been able to kind of really share with the world. So um, I appreciate sure. this dialogue. So it was another dope show, man. How'd you feel? Nah, I felt good, man. Again, just uh, you know, I think a lot of times when um, I mean, last week we had Speedy Claxton, um, yeah. NBA champion, New York City. Um, this week, you know, you have to bring another champion on from yes. New York City. Um, one from Queens, one from Brooklyn. Um, so I, I mean, for us, man, you know, we started this podcast because we wanted to uh, pave the way forward to to encourage people that you know you can do anything you want to do. Um, if you have a goal, if you have a vision, um, and you know how to execute it. And, um, I think their careers show you that, you know, <clears throat> you have to have supreme focus. Yeah. Um, and, um, yes. I think, you know, 
New York City, we the Mecca, man. You know, people say what they want to say, but, you know, we the Mecca, we the trendsetters, and, um, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding with, with these athletes, and I think it was a great show. I think her, her giving us insights on just her, her career um, to the from the bubble to college to the 113, yeah. it's, 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 it's like you're not going to get those Jews anywhere. So we're just trying to provide the platform for people to understand and get the insight from those people that are living through it. You know, we, we, yeah. we're, just, we're just the messengers. You know what I mean? And just to have her overseas and call us in and, and really want to be in our it's show, a, it shows testimony to what we do and how we do it. Uh, no knock anybody else on these platforms. We don't, we're not about that. Nah. We're just about, you know, providing content and stories that yeah. will last forever. So um, if you still, anybody watching, uh, for everybody watching, excuse me, if you want these gems to continue, please subscribe to please our subscribe. online streaming uh, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. Uh, you can follow uh, the Commissioner Corner on yep. Instagram at commissioners.corner and on soundcloud.slash cruise control podcast yep. uh, for all your updates and all your um, upcoming podcasts. We'll, we'll be back next Wednesday. Uh, we'll let you know the time and the guests. We don't announce our guests to the day of. <laughs> we are very strategic on how we do. That's fine. Um, and another one down, another one in the books, brother. So I appreciate you. And uh, shouts, to, shouts to Piffany Prince for yeah, the Seattle yeah. Storm, WBA champion, mm. a true pioneer in the game. Uh, just spit some gems on our, on our podcast. And um, uh, I, I look forward to seeing you next week, brother. My man, next week. Right. CC, we here. God bless. So listen, on the way out, everybody has, be blessed. Stay warm. Follow us on YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, streaming out online right now. Right Click now. the Cruise Control Podcast Network. You can get all your streaming podcasts on that network. This is from Randy, Bryant, man. RP Kobe, RP uh, Gigi Bryant, all those people that lost their lives, but this show is dedicated to them. So big shout out to Vanessa Bryant. Keep staying strong. And um, we're sending our prayers your way. For sure. So from Joe Cruz, Brian Gardenhire, Randy Cruz. This is the this is the Commissioner Corner Podcast on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. Have a beautiful night. Good night.